It's Monday. You know what that means. It's time for another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. How was your weekend? I'm so glad to be here. You are listening to us on Noonan's Own, WQEE 99.1 FM, the key, home of Southern Sports. And this is a jam-packed show. I'm going to have New Mexico Lightning midfielder Tanya Chavez on the show as she is going to join me to talk Women's World Cup. I'm also going to have my NFL 32 teams in 32 days as I'm going to preview the Denver Broncos and a look back in the year in sports for the year 2019. You know that year, right before the pandemic. And we also have the Atlanta Braves taking two out of three against the Milwaukee Brewers. And the Chattahoochee Monsters get a big sweep over the Gainesville Gold Diggers, helping the Columbus Chattahoots get the number one seed. And the Chattahoochee Monsters will host a playoff game today at Historic Golden Park. First pitch, 7.05 against the Atlanta Crackers. And you can catch that game on the Chattahoochee Monsters YouTube channel. Such a busy weekend. The latest World Cup update. The Netherlands defeated Portugal 1-0. The United States is going to play the Netherlands Wednesday night in the group. France A very rare draw with Jamaica. France, one of the top teams in Women's World Cup. And then Sweden defeated South Africa 2-1. Later on this morning, probably will finish by the time this show airs, Italy taking on Argentina, Germany taking on Morocco, Brazil taking on Panama. Marta's last World Cup as one of the greatest soccer players on the women's side to ever play the game. Colombia and South Korea layer tonight for the Women's World Cup. Hey, the Atlanta Braves, they took two out of three against the Milwaukee Brewers. They defeated the Brewers 4-2 to two yesterday thanks to an Ozzy Albies three-run homer to give the Braves the lead in the top of the eighth inning. The Atlanta Braves currently stand in first place in the NL East with a 64-34 and 34 record, 11 and a half games ahead of the Phillies and the Marlins. So the final SBL standings, the Columbus Chattahoots have the overall number one seed. They finish the year with a 21-7 record. The Gainesville Gold Diggers get the number two seed with a 20-8 record. Losers of three straight. The Gainesville Gold Diggers have the number two seed. Brookhaven has the number three seed. They will take on the Atlanta Blues today. And the Chattahoochee Monsters hosting the Atlanta Crackers as they both had a 15-13 overall record. But the Monsters with the tiebreaker. And now if they're able to get this one game wild card over the Atlanta Crackers, there's a possibility they could meet the Columbus Chattahoots in the semifinals of the Sunbelt Baseball playoffs. So good luck to both teams. I know that nobody wants to play the Monsters. They're riding a three-game win streak. The improbable happened against the Gainesville Gold Diggers. They were able to sweep the Gold Diggers. The Chattahoots, they split the series with the Brookhaven Bucks. They won 5 to nothing. Congratulations to Brian Trepanier getting his number retired. Number 29 will never be worn by a Chattahoots player ever again. And you also have the Chattahoochee Monsters coming from behind in both games against the Gainesville Gold Diggers, including... An error that scored two runs in the bottom of the seventh inning. The Chattahoochee Monsters were able to beat the Gainesville Gold Diggers 6-5 in that first game. And then the bats came to life in that second game, putting up four runs in the sixth. They win 7-3 over Gainesville. 
to help the Columbus Chattahoots out and to secure a home playoff game that is going to happen today. Historic Golden Park 705 is the first pitch. You can catch this game on the Chattahoochee Monsters YouTube channel as Tom Callahan and Noah Shelton will have the call. All right, it's about that time to take that first break, but when I come back, I'm going to have New Mexico Lightning midfielder Tanya Chavez. We're going to talk everything World Cup. You don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. Active Pest Control offers the best services and prices to protect your home. Offering both monthly and quarterly pest control services, plus specific services like bed bugs, German roach, and flea control. Even if you can't see them, insects are all around you 24-7. Active Pest Control wants to be the first line of defense. Active Pest Control. Repair. Bond. Best termite coverage around. Active Pest Control. 34 Jefferson Street, Noonan. 770-954-9941. It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. With your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. Welcome back to the show. And on the show, I've got New Mexico Lightning midfielder Tanya Chavez here to talk Women's World Cup. Tanya, it's finally here. How excited are you that the Women's World Cup is happening as we speak? Oh, super excited. I mean, it just it just gave me something new to watch during the summer, and I've enjoyed it so far. I've been able to catch most of the games. I took the last few days off of work. That's mostly the reason. Um, but I've like had a great time watching it. The United States defeated Vietnam three mil. Sophia Smith with two goals. The captain, Lindsey Horan, puts one in the back of the net in the 77th minute. There's just a lot of criticism that they could have blew out Vietnam even more. Because I compare this team they're playing to the Thailand team they played in 2019 when they won that game 13 to nothing. Are you shocked that they only won three mil? I am because I, I was honestly, I thought I didn't think it was going to be like the throttle that they took to Thailand four years ago, but I was expecting at least like five or six goals. So yeah, I'm, I was kind of shocked by that final three zero score. I was, I don't know. I kind of, it kind of got me a little nervous as well for the rest of the games. All right, so we are recording this a lot earlier. By the time this airs, I mean, a lot of these matches are going to be finished. I mean, 1 a.m. my time. I think it's uh, at 11 o'clock your time. Uh, Sweden is taking on South Africa. You got the Netherlands and Portugal. This is two matchups with the United States in the group. The Netherlands played the United States in the championship in 2019. How important is it for the United States to have a good showing against the Netherlands and Portugal. They cannot have an upset loss or even a draw if they want to get out of this group because you know the Netherlands are one of the top teams in FIFA and Portugal is an up-and-coming team. I mean, this is... You got to remember, Tanya, that the women's game is growing fast in Europe. They're, they now have club leagues over there and I think that the Netherlands and Portugal 
are two top teams that the United States has to take seriously. Oh, definitely. I think the, I mean, the next two matches are like crucial, especially the one on Wednesday with the Netherlands. It's, I think it's going to be an epic match. Um, I mean, the game is this hours away between Netherlands and Portugal and it's, I'm not gonna be able to watch that live. I'm going to try to catch it in the morning when I wake up, but um, it's, it could be a deciding factor. Um, everybody thinks those, the USA and the Netherlands may decide the group, but I think the group is wide open. I mean, uh, Vietnam put on a good fight against us. They were playing super good defense. They weren't letting nothing in. And I just, I think all of the teams or all of us might have underestimated Vietnam, myself included. And yeah, you're right. The European leagues are growing. All the women's soccer leagues are growing. The women's soccer teams are growing. South America, I mean, you got Brazil, Argentina, Colombia. All those teams are awesome. Like Spain the other day. Um, man, I was impressed with Spain the other the other day against Costa Rica, 3-0 at halftime. So I I mean it's this is gonna be interesting. This this World Cup is just looking to be awesome already. Tanya, which was the bigger upset? New Zealand getting the one mil win over Norway or Denmark beating China? Um, I kind of think it was New Zealand. I know they're one of the host countries, but I did not see that coming. I was expecting Norway to pull off the win. I wasn't expecting them to pull off a big win, but I was expecting them to win that game. And I was in shock. I watched that game. It was a great match. Um, but I was pretty impressed with New Zealand. I didn't, you know, we the U.S. played them in friendlies a couple months back. And I wasn't too impressed with those games as we played them up there in New Zealand. But the other night... Watching them play Norway, I was I was kind of impressed. And like I said, that's what I mean. You just don't know what to expect out of these teams. Some of them are just coming at them. I mean, even this morning, England, I was expecting them to kind of have a blowout win, and they barely got past um, Haiti. So I, I don't know. I was kind of shocked on that one, too. Some of the teams that I'm rooting for in CONCACAF, Jamaica, they're taking on France. France is one of the top teams in the women's FIFA. And you also have Italy taking on Argentina. Normally, this would be a great matchup between the two men's teams. But this is going to be an intriguing matchup because, you know, the, the women's team is growing in both in Italy and Argentina. And they got something to prove. And then Brazil taking on Panama. Marta. 37 years old, still going strong after all these years. She is one of the best strikers in the entire world. I'm excited to see Marta in Brazil and also New Zealand taking on the Philippines. If New Zealand can win that, they can get out of the group. And a lot of people didn't expect that. And uh, I'd like to see what Canada can do as well. You know, they did have a 0-0 draw with Nigeria. They're taking on Ireland. Tanya, I know that you are a big fan of the Women's World Cup. I am too. This is exciting as I did watch that matchup between the United States and Vietnam. And uh, I just, I cannot wait for the Netherlands on Wednesday. Uh, by the time we actually get this show aired, hopefully uh, we'll have a result. But uh, yeah, this is going to be a fun World Cup and I cannot wait. I can't either. Um, I mean, you know, like France is also playing later. I guess it'd be like tomorrow, later today, their time. But um, they're a good squad. They got a new coach. Uh, you know, no more Cohen Diak and all those players that were saying they weren't going to play in the World Cup are back. So, um, as you mentioned, Marta in Brazil, I mean, she's, I think she's going to be more of a role player 
coming off the bench at times, but she still has what it takes. She's still that dominant forward, dominant goal, um, goal scorer, uh, you know, foot footwork. She dribbles pretty well. I'm excited to watch her play in her last World Cup. Um, Canada the other night with Nigeria. I watched that game. It was awesome. It was a great match. Kind of shocked that Sinclair missed that PK. It's kind of heartbreaking to see that. I mean, Morgan missed the PK too yesterday. It's it's weird seeing these veterans miss these PKs, but um, just like you said, this World Cup is going to be epic. I just you know it's it's just I think there's going to be some shocks, some just blown mind plays, outcomes. Um, who knows? What, I really can't even predict who's going to make it to the final right now. It's just too wide open. Well, we do know that United States is the odds-on favorite. They have the best betting odds if if you're a betting person. And they're looking to win their third straight World Cup. But if you were to pick a winner of this World Cup, would you take the United States or the field? I mean, it's kind of hard to answer that question just because, I mean, you know, the USA just played yesterday. They did. They looked okay. They didn't look their best. Um, there's a lot of rookie players in their first World Cup. And I know nerves have a lot to do with it. There's not a whole, whole lot of veterans on that squad. Um, it's really hard to judge. I kind of, I mean, I want to see what they do against the Netherlands. I do have faith in our team, though. I, I mean, I know they're just going to get better each game. That's how the USA does. Um, but as far as the field, I right now, I mean, Spain is looking awesome. They look really good against Costa Rica. I was not impressed with England. I kind of thought they were going to do better. Um, could be the same thing, though. They've got a lot of injuries. They got a lot of new players in their first World Cup. Um, but. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, right now I'm going to have to go with the U.S. because they're going to, if they get this World Cup, they'll be, they'll be making history. No one's ever repeated. Well, we do have some dark horses. Japan, who won the World Cup in 2011. And Germany, who uh, won the World Cup in, I want to say 2006 or 2007. Yeah, it was 2007 Germany won the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was 2007, and then um, Japan won 2011, and then the rest is USA. So, yeah, I mean, I remember exactly uh, Japan ended up beating the United States in the finals in mm -hmm. 2011. Uh, it was a tough World Cup for the United States in 2007 uh, because Germany ended up winning it, and I think the United States didn't even get out of uh, – they didn't even get to the championship. I I gotta look that up, but yeah, this. No, yeah. no, they, they did not. They didn't. I think they got to the quarters. That's so right. They got to the quarters. Yeah, they didn't. Now, now um, they 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 won third place in two thousand three. Germany won it in two thousand three. Sweden was the runners up. Canada was in fourth place. Germany won it in 2007. So, yeah, Germany could win their third Women's World Cup. I mean, so there's a lot on the line here. Oh, man, but Germany beat Brazil in 2007. Marta was just, oh, she is, she's one of the best soccer players in the world. Seven goals in that. And I really want to see the growth of the NWSL. Marta currently plays for the Orlando Pride. We have another big soccer star on the men's side, Lionel Messi. He's going to make his debut for Inter-Miami this Sunday. 
Uh, do you think that Lionel Messi making his debut in the MLS is it kind of overshadowing the women's World Cup? I I just don't think I don't like the timing of this. Yeah, I don't like the timing of it either. But he he actually played yesterday and he scored the winning goal. He did off a free kick. Yeah, huh. he scored the winning goal off a free kick, like with like minutes left. It was like ninety plus. Yeah, it was like it was pretty good. You should look in it up. The MLS? It was a nice shot. Yeah, yeah. It was like a it wasn't an MLS match they played. It was like one of those It was um, like a scrimmage. No, no, it was a real game. It was a game against the one of the Mexican teams because they oh, do those. It was like league. a it was like a Champions League Cup, like the US Open yeah. Cup or Yeah, it was um, one of those games. Okay, so, so it maybe wasn't you're an right. Maybe an MLS. MLS game. Yeah. 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 Okay, because that so, doesn't yeah. take place until Sunday. Right now, uh Enter Miami. They're taking on Charlotte on Sunday. So Lionel Messi should see a sub role. Their leading goal scorer is Joseph Martinez, the former Atlanta United player. Enter Miami's got the worst record in the Eastern Conference in Major League Soccer, mm-hmm. but he's not there to try to win an MLS Cup. He's there to sell tickets. And that's exactly what's going to happen in the MLS. Did you know that ticket prices have completely skyrocketed? Once Lionel Messi has come on the scene, I mean, you cannot get a ticket. This is the hottest ticket when it comes to soccer in this country. Yeah, I saw that the tickets were like 400 plus to get into those games because of Messi, wow. which is like craziness. I mean, I'm not sure where these seats are, but that's just insane. And that that game yesterday was in Miami. It was sold out. There was... Famous people up the yinging there. I mean, Serena Williams, LeBron James was there. Um, but as you asked earlier, if he's going to overtake the spotlight for the Women's World Cup. I, I, I kind of say no because of the time differential. You know, we're they're a day ahead of us. I know the games are at odd times, but I, I don't think he'll take the spotlight because I feel like the Women's World Cup's being broadcasted pretty well. Even like the Spanish stations are broadcasting them. Um, but as far as highlights, I mean, of course, everyone's going to be all over his highlights. That's the thing. Oh, there is no doubt about that. Uh, I want to get back to the women's world cup because, uh, I want to talk about some of the young players that the, the women's team has Uh Trinity Rodman. You know, she is the daughter of NBA great hall of famer, Dennis Rodman, a little bit of a scare in that game. She did get hurt, and they decided to play with 10 players, and uh, she was back in there. She did get subbed out. But you you also have, you know, Trinity Robin, Alyssa Thompson, one of the youngest members of the team. I think she is the, what, the 18-year-old, the 19-year-old that's uh, got a scholarship to go to Stanford uh, but's deciding to go play in the NWSL afterwards. I'm I'm not sure. But, yeah, uh, she's already yeah, she's 18. She chose NWSL over Stanford. Actually plays on the LA Angels. Um, so yeah, she went in yesterday as a sub. Um, yeah, Trinity, I, I mean Trinity got that knock right at the beginning of the game, and I oh, was I like, know. Man, please don't come out of the game. Yeah, that would have sucked if she had left the game in her first World Cup. Um, but yeah, she I mean she played into the second half and um the Alyssa Thompson came in and for her, and I felt she did pretty well in those like small minutes she got. Um, I was really impressed with so- Sophia Smith, though. I mean, I mean, she's she awesome. Bolts. You know, she's like the 
MVP of last year's NWSL, but she looked like a veteran out there. I mean, two goals and one assist. She's she a rising star, like, you know, plays yeah. for the Portland Thorns. Mm-hmm. Uh, 22 years old. Uh, she was uh, one of the top players in the NWSL for the Portland Thorns. And then uh, Julie Ertz had a had a pretty good shot on goal. It, it went a little wide left. Julie Ertz, for those of you, I'm a big NFL fan. She is the the spouse of uh, Arizona Cardinals tight end Zach Ertz. Boy, that was a, that's a power couple right there. Yeah, I mean that baby's got to be athletic when that baby gets older. Oh, the baby I know. Had. <laughs> Absolutely. And Megan yeah. Rapine, Rap, uh, Rapone, it's going to be her final World Cup. Uh, yeah, one of the greats. That. What's that? Yeah, yep. yeah, she's retiring. Uh, but uh, it, you know, it, this is still Alex Morgan's team, right? Even though Lindsey Horan was the captain, I mean Alex Morgan, they're co-captains, right? Yeah, they are co-captains, and um, he gave the band to Lindsay yesterday. I'm not sure how he's going to distinguish that. I mean, they're both starters. Um, I know sometimes he may maybe start Morgan on the bench because she's she's not like getting, uh, like old, but I mean she's in her 30s, and I don't know if he's going to shake the roster around on Wednesday. Um, but it's it's just going to be interesting to see what he does. I I feel like he is going to make some changes. I just don't know where. Um, I feel like, I mean, like you said, Jerry Arch, she had a, I felt like she had a great game. The the people who graded the team, I, there was a guy that graded the team. He gave her like a six, and I was like, no, she deserved way better than that. She, it's not her normal position, not center back. She plays normally a defensive center mid, but she did well. She played that position in 2015. I remember her playing there at center back, and I, I felt like she looked good. She didn't look like it. You know, like she was out of concourse. She looked like she really knew, like she had that position down. And um, I felt like she did great yesterday. All right. This Wednesday, it's the rematch of the 2019 World Cup final. The United States taking on the Netherlands. This is a huge game that if they want to get out of this group, they have got to win. I think the Netherlands can keep it close. I mean, I would not be shocked if this ends in a draw, but the United States should advance out of the group because they'll play Portugal on August the 1st. Get this time. I I don't know if you're going to stay up. You you talked about not staying up to watch these games. Like You're probably like me. I'm going to probably hit the record button, and as soon as I wake up, I'll probably watch it. This is at 3 o'clock in the morning, my time, Eastern time. So that would be 1 o'clock in the morning, Central time. Or mountain time, whatever your time zone you're on. Mountain time? Yeah, 1 o'clock yeah. mountain time. Mountain time, yeah. Unfortunately, I will not be able to watch that Portugal game. I'll be recording that just because I work the next morning. But, ah. um, I mean, like tonight's game, the one that's going to come out in like about an hour, I'll be able to watch that tomorrow. I don't work. But, um, yeah, like you said, uh, Wednesday's game, I... I think I kind of feel like it might end in a tie as well. I don't even know if anyone will score. I think it's it's going to be a back and forth match, and then who knows about the Portugal game on the first? It's I mean I haven't seen Portugal too much. I really don't know much about them. Well, if there's anything that could tell you about uh, the Portuguese national team is you know their men's team on the rise with Cristiano Ronaldo, and you know the women probably fall in suit just because it's continuing to grow. And I think Portugal is going to be competitive. 
but uh, Tanya, you at your playing days, you know, you play indoor soccer and outdoor soccer. Uh, you have international teammates, right? Um, not currently, but I've had international. You've had teammates. them in the past, yeah. So, oh yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of international players on the Columbus Rapids. I got to know pretty much all of them. Ellie Russell, you know, from England. You know, she, of course, she's watching this World Cup, rooting for England. I mean, when we had the Men's World Cup in 2022 in Qatar, a lot of the men's team uh, had some international players from South Africa, Morocco, that went all the way to uh, the final eight. And I think it's just really cool that, you know, it's such an international sport. I mean, you have all these international players that come to play soccer here in this country, and it's just great to see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's fun playing with these people. I mean, when I played on the Albuquerque Lady Asylum, the WPSL, so my pro team, we had some players from England. Um, of course, when I was in France, I had we had players from everywhere, <laughs> England, mostly France, but I was the only American on the team. Um, Nigeria. So we had Senegal. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. We've had players all over, but they're fun to play with. They have a different style, different idea of the game, and. But yeah, they're they're more they sometimes it can be more into it than we are. Honestly, they just have more insight. But I kind of wish I had a, a international teammate right now to talk about international soccer. I just have American teammates. But and, you know, my friends, honestly, they don't follow the game like I do. They don't know players from England or France. Like I could, you know, watch those teams and know who they are on the field. Tanya, I hope you enjoy the rest of this Women's World Cup. It is exciting. I know that you are excited about the matchups, and I'm just excited about talking about it here on the podcast. And it was great having you back on the show. I know that we've been talking about, hey, the, the Women's World Cup is coming up. You, you, you want to come on the show? And it, I was just glad that I was able to get you on and we could talk Women's World Cup. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's fun talking about it. Uh, I mean, I'll do it again. You know, I'm trying to see what day this week. I Like I told you earlier, maybe Thursday might look good. Or that would be perfect. That's the day after the Women's USA Netherlands. So we could talk about that and other matches that have been going on. Like, you know, Brazil and Argentina, Italy, France, all those games that have not played yet. So it'd be great. Absolutely. Tanya, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and being a guest on the show of course thanks for having me all right that was new mexico lightning midfielder tanya chavez uh, you you still play for the new, new mexico lightning right or are you is that are they on a hiatus yeah no i mean i'm technically still on the team yeah like i mean right now we're still trying to figure it out but i mean we'll always i'll always have that as my background like that's what people know me by new mexico lightning captain that's oh, what, absolutely. you know, when I'm walking around town, they're just like, oh, it's New Mexico Lightning's captain, Tanya Chavez. Uh, well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, but definitely, um, I appreciate you mentioning that. It helps us. Absolutely. Thank you so much, everybody, once again, for listening to another episode of The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. The Baxters have a new first book. From number one New York Times bestselling novelist Karen Kingsbury, author of life-changing fiction, comes The Baxters, a prequel. The heart-pounding story of Carrie Baxter's wedding. Amidst family tension and the worst storm Bloomington, Indiana has seen in a decade. The Baxters, by America's favorite inspirational storyteller, Karen Kingsbury. Visit KarenKingsbury.com for more information. The Baxters, available now wherever books are sold. Wake up and text. 
Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We are back here on the show. It's about that time. My NFL 32 teams in 32 days. And today, I'm talking about the Denver Broncos. Yes, and Denver's had a pretty good postseason run. The Colorado Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup. The Denver Nuggets just winning the NBA title. Is it the Denver Broncos year? Is this the perfect marriage between Sean Payton and Russell Wilson? Can Russell Wilson bounce back in his second year with the Denver Broncos? Well, it was a disaster of a year last year. The Denver Broncos finished 5-12 and in last place. Nathaniel Hackett, a one-and-done coach, he was fired. But it wasn't all Russell Wilson's fault. It was a new scheme. They had a lot of injuries. Jerry Judy got injured. You had uh, Cortland Sutton got injured. Javante Williams got injured. This was not the season that Denver Broncos fans hoped for or even expected, especially now that they had an upgrade at quarterback. In comes a new head football coach, Sean Payton. He's won a Super Bowl. He's had Drew Brees, and the Saints were practically a dynasty for a decade, even though they had a lot of heartbreaking playoff losses. But Sean Payton knows quarterbacks. He can develop them. Russell Wilson doesn't need developing. He just needs some tweaking. And I think that the Denver Broncos should be fine in 2023. I think that they've got some good players coming back. They got an upgrade on the offensive line with former 49ers right tackle Mike McGlinchey. Garrett Bowles is the left tackle. Hopefully, he'll stay upright and he'll be healthy. He'll protect Russell Wilson's blind side. A quarterback that's getting up there in age, he's not going to be able to run like he used to. But this should be a very fun season. Patrick Sertain, one of the best corners in the league. Kareem Jackson got a great secondary. Kwan Williams, a great nickel corner. The former San Francisco 49er. DJ Jones at the nose tackle position for the San Francisco 49ers, now on the Denver Broncos for his second season. And getting Frank Clark over from the Kansas City Chiefs, that is a big pickup, even though he's not projected to be the starter. All right, so I'm going to go through the depth chart for the Denver Broncos, starting with the quarterback, Russell Wilson. His backup quarterback is Jared Stidham. And then the running back, Javante Williams. He should be healthy this year. Samaje P. Ryan comes over from the Cincinnati Bengals. They also have got Jaleel McLaughlin, the rookie. Maybe he'll get some snaps at running back. Remember, the Denver Broncos used to have a running back by committee, but that was under Mike Shanahan's offense. The offensive line is pretty good. Garrett Bowles, Ben Powers, Lloyd Cushenberry, Quinn Myers, and Mike McGlinchey. Greg Dulich is the tight end and the wide receiver's 
Back from injury, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, and Jerry Judy. Marvin Mims Jr. is a rookie. He might get some playing time as well. But I think that Russell Wilson will have a bounce-back year. And I don't think the Denver Broncos are a Super Bowl team just yet. But Russell Wilson will improve, and they will be a borderline playoff team. Now let's look at the defense. The defensive line up front, Zach Allen, DJ Jones, Matt Henningsen, and Baron Browning. Your linebackers, Josie Jewell, Alex Singleton, and Randy Gregory. Remember that one-time ferocious pass rush from the Dallas Cowboys coming over and playing for the Broncos. The secondary is great. Patrick Sertain, Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons, Damari Mathis, and Kwan Williams. You can't ask for a better secondary. I think that the Denver Broncos are going to be fine. Vance Joseph is back as the defensive coordinator. And I know that it looks a little weird because he used to be the head coach for the Denver Broncos. But if there's anybody that Sean Payton trusts, it's a former head coach of the Denver Broncos. And great to see Vance Joseph back in the Broncos organization. And he is the defensive coordinator. I think the Denver Broncos are going to be fine. Let's look at the schedule for the 2023 season for the Denver Broncos. Week one, they host the Las Vegas Raiders in the Mile High City. They are a a three-and-a-half-point favorite, and I think they end up getting the win here. And you're going to look at a different Russell Wilson player. He's going to look fantastic, especially against that Raiders defense that can only produce a pass rush with Max Crosby. And Josh McDaniels facing his former team. I don't know if that's going to bode well for Josh McDaniel. This is going to be a coaching mismatch. The Broncos win in week one. And then in week two, taking on the Washington Commanders, or whatever their name is going to be, now that they have the new ownership with Magic Johnson, is that going to be enough magic for the Commanders to get over the hump and beat the Denver Broncos? Probably not. I think the Broncos are a very good team at home. They start the year 2-0. And then this is a very intriguing game. The Broncos travel down to South Beach to take on the Miami Dolphins in Week 3. And I think the Dolphins end up winning here. But this is going to be a fun game to watch. I cannot wait. Week 4, they travel up to Soldier Field, taking on the Chicago Bears. And Justin Fields, a much different quarterback. Russell Wilson and Justin Fields, I'm looking forward to this matchup. The Bears get the win there. 2-2 two and two going into the game against Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. Broncos are playing at home. I think that the Jets have a lot of young players. I think that this is also going to be one of those games where Nathaniel Hackett, the former Broncos head coach, comes back as the offensive coordinator for the New York Jets. And I think that the Broncos end up getting the win here. 3-2, and two, taking on the Kansas City Chiefs on a short week. The Prime video game. Man, i got to renew my Prime subscription. Patrick Mahomes taking on Russell Wilson. It's an arrowhead. I think the Broncos ended up losing this game. So what do we got so far? 3-3. Three and three. And we got the Green Bay Packers taking on the Denver Broncos in Denver. And the Broncos win this game. They're 4-3. Back in the Mile High City taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Remember when I did the Chiefs? preview last week I said the Chiefs were going to lose some games I think this is the game they lose to Denver the Broncos will make adjustments having to play the Chiefs in a three-week span two times 
I'm thinking that the Denver Broncos are going to get this win to go 5-3, and three, taking on the Buffalo Bills on Monday night football after the bye. Sean Payton's pretty good on a bye, but it is in Buffalo. And I think the Bills will win this game. So they're 5-4 and four hosting the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday night football. You know what Kirk Cousins does on Sunday night football. He shrinks. So I think the Broncos end up winning this game. They also beat the Cleveland Browns. I think they beat the Houston Texans. They'll lose to the Chargers. You got the first flex game of December, where it could be on the 16th or the 17th, but they're going to lose to the Detroit Lions because the Lions are a much more improved team. I got them beating the Patriots. I got them beating the Chargers, and I got them beating the Broncos. So let's tally up the wins. Surprise, surprise. I have the Denver Broncos finishing with an 11-6 record. They're not going to win the division. The, I had the Chiefs finishing at 12-5, and five, but they're going to be right there with the Los Angeles Chargers. I think that three teams out of the AFC West make the playoffs. Stay tuned for tomorrow as I will preview the Los Angeles Chargers. And yes, I'm already calling it their playoff team, which means the Las Vegas Raiders are going to be the worst team in the AFC West. I'm sorry. I'm a big Jimmy G fan. I'm rooting for him. I'll talk about the Raiders on Wednesday. All right, we're going to go and take a quick commercial break. But when we come back, I will have my year in sports review for the year 2019. This is the Sports Beat. You don't want to go anywhere. We'll be right back. Wishbone Fried Chicken is back in a brand new location. 31 Jackson Street, Suite A here in Noonan. Same great taste. The best chicken around. Fish dinners. Open Monday through Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dine in. Take out. It's Wishbone Fried Chicken. Right next door to their former location, bringing you the best chicken around. So great. Wishbone Fried Chicken, 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A, here in Noonan. Hey, sports fans. It's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern. You'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. WQEE. Braves Country is a Southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Help protect your family from flu this season by taking three easy steps. First, get yourself and your family a flu shot. It's quick and can protect you all season. Second, take everyday actions to help prevent the spread of germs like flu. Cover your cough, stay home from work or school if you're sick, and wash your hands often. Third, there are drugs that can treat flu illness. These work best when started early. Learn more at cdc.gov fightflu fight flu. 
At Jersey Mike's, they slice your order fresh right in front of you. And let me tell you, watching that can send a rush of emotions through a person. Excitement, impatience, baby-like wonder, indecisive, anticipatory chewing, nervous pacing, happy claps, and finally, jealousy. Because that's this guy's sub. I should order one. Good idea. Sliced right in front of you. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. A sub above. Welcome back to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. This is a daily podcast that focuses on national and local sports in Columbus, Georgia. And it is time to take a look back at the year 2019, the year in sports review. A lot of first-time champions. Let's go ahead and start all the way back on January the 7th, 2019, the national championship between the Clemson Tigers and the Alabama Crimson Tide once again. I didn't have a problem with this national championship game. These were the two best teams in college football at the time. And Trevor Lawrence, he replaced a Kelly Bryant in the middle of the season, and Clemson never looked back. There was a lot of talk that Clemson didn't play anybody in the 2018 season. But Trevor Lawrence was a phenomenal freshman. He had probably one of the best freshman performances of any college football player. He had a great weapon, Travis Ntien, in the backfield. And that Clemson defense was scary. This national championship game, Nick Saban had no answer for Trevor Lawrence. As the Clemson Tigers defeated the Alabama Crimson Tide 44-16 at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara of all places, I actually criticized the site of the national championship game. Even though it is a beautiful stadium, nobody in Northern California cared about college football. And they probably didn't even recognize that the national championship was being played in the South Bay Area in Silicon Valley, where if they do care about sports, it's about the Golden State Warriors, the 49ers, and the San Francisco Giants. I should know, because I was a resident of the San Francisco Bay Area all the way up until 1997. Clemson wins their second national championship, another national championship for Dabo Sweeney. And now the conversation, especially since Trevor Lawrence is only a freshman, how many more national titles can Clemson win? And are they the new dynasty of college football? Just a lot of these question marks were being brought up about the Clemson team. No, at this moment, they did not eclipse Alabama, but they were getting up there a team with multiple national championships, and a team that has beaten a Nick Saban coach team in the finals twice. For the 2018 NFL season, the 2019 NFL playoffs started out with the Indianapolis Colts beating the Houston Texans, the Dallas Cowboys beating the Seattle Seahawks. You had the double doink by the Chicago Bears as the Eagles And the Nick Foles magic continues once again, and it later got disrupted by the New Orleans Saints, who ended up getting heartbroken by the Los Angeles Rams in the NFC Championship with a controversial pass interference call that caused them to change the rule the following year. And then over in the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs finally break through and they win a playoff game, beating the Indianapolis Colts in the divisional round but losing to the New England Patriots in the AFC Championship game thanks to D. Ford being offside, and the Patriots were able to beat them in overtime 37-31. to 
And then the Super Bowl was set. Hey, this was a big deal because the Super Bowl was in Atlanta. And no, I didn't go to any of the events. I really wanted to, but at the time, it was way too crowded in downtown Atlanta with all the events going on. One thing I did forget to mention last week, I did have my year in sports 2018. Completely forgot to mention Atlanta United winning the MLS Cup. That's on me. But I mention it now here on the show. You got to remember, I was on vacation last week and I was trying to do a condensed show and I completely forgot about that. So I apologize about that. We're going to go ahead and move on with 2019. We have the Super Bowl in Atlanta, the New England Patriots, and the Los Angeles Rams. It was a very disappointing Super Bowl. The Patriots, in a defensive battle, defeated the Los Angeles Rams 13-3. This is where Todd Gurley was a non-factor for the Rams, and Jared Goff looked pedestrian. Well, the Rams would eventually upgrade at quarterback, and they would win the Super Bowl. This was the last run for Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Now, I recently saw the movie 80 for Brady on Amazon Prime, and I got to admit, if you're into the Golden Girls and stuff, that's the movie for you. These lifelong Patriot fans, it's a very heartwarming story, but it also brings up a lot of bad memories of 28-3 as well. Not trying to spoil that, but the New England Patriots, they win their sixth Super Bowl. Tom Brady winning his sixth Super Bowl with Bill Belichick, and the Patriots did not win another Super Bowl. No, they have not. Move over. Patriots because the Chiefs dynasty takes over in 2020. Moving along to college basketball, we had some first-time champions. The Virginia Cavaliers winning their first ever NCAA title, but they were able to defeat Auburn in the Final Four in a controversial game where Auburn should have got fouled and they should have had some foul shots. It was nice to see Auburn in the Final Four in 2019, but Virginia, led by Tony Bennett's defense, and you also have DeAndre Hunter. Remember, the year before, the Virginia Cavaliers were the number one seed, and they lost to a 16 seed. It was great that Virginia was able to defeat Texas Tech in the final. This was a very uncharacteristic NCAA championship because for the first time we didn't have any blue bloods in the championship game. So we just had pretty good teams, just no blue bloods. They win the championship with a 35-3 and record. And Tony Bennett once again gets Virginia their first ever NCAA championship. And that was a great moment for the Virginia Cavaliers which were known as a defensive team. Tony Bennett, who's been the head basketball coach since 2009, has led the Virginia Cavaliers to four seasons with over 30 wins, and they finally break through. Over in the NBA, we had a first-time champion, the Toronto Raptors, and it wasn't just the addition of Kawhi Leonard on the team that made the Raptors as special as they were. It was their first-year head coach, Nick Nurse, and Sarai Jerry, who is a great GM. And what they did in 2019, I know that a lot of experts think that if the Golden State Warriors weren't derailed by injuries, that the Warriors probably would have won the championship. 
The Toronto Raptors are NBA champions regardless. And Kawhi Leonard led the way with 26 points a game. And he was a one-and-done player in Toronto. I know that the Toronto Raptors fans were hoping that he would stick around and they could win multiple championships. But they had a veteran point guard in Kyle Lowry. They had some young players like Pascal Siakam and Serge Ibaka. He was one of those players that was a defensive presence. And the three-point shooting of Fred Van Fleet really helped and the Toronto Raptors were able to defeat the Golden State Warriors in six games. But it wasn't easy because in the conference semifinals, it was a crazy circus shot by Kawhi Leonard that lifted the Toronto Raptors against the Philadelphia 76ers in the second round of the playoffs. The 2018-2019 NBA season was also LeBron's first year in Los Angeles where this was before Anthony Davis got there. He played alongside Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, a lot of young players, and he missed the playoffs. This was a big deal. LeBron in the West missing out on the playoffs. Kawhi would later go on in free agency and choose the Clippers over the Toronto Raptors. And since then, the Toronto Raptors fired their head coach, Nick Nurse, but they did make the playoffs in the bubble the following year. And I don't know if the Toronto Raptors will ever duplicate what they did in 2019, but it was a special time for Canadian basketball fans. Really, the whole country of Canada celebrated this championship by the Toronto Raptors. Yes, they did go to the Eastern Conference semifinals in 2020 in the bubble, Their only other playoff appearance was in 2022 as they lost in the first round. And unfortunately, Nick Nurse was let go after a 41-41 season in 2023. As for the Golden State Warriors, they lost Klay Thompson and Kevin Durant to injury. Kevin Durant missed an entire season. He chose the Brooklyn Nets in the offseason of 2019. Klay Thompson missed two seasons. But he came back for the 21-22 season where he won an NBA title, his fourth with the Golden State Warriors. 2019 also saw a new champion in the Stanley Cup Finals. The St. Louis Blues finally broke through. They defeated the Boston Bruins in the Stanley Cup Finals. But it was a little heartbreak for myself. As many of you know, I'm a lifelong San Jose Sharks fan The Blues defeated the Sharks in the Western Conference Finals after the Sharks took a 2-1 series lead. This was the last time the Sharks made the playoffs. It has been a four-year playoff drought for the San Jose Sharks. As for the Blues, they won a championship with an interim manager, Craig Burberry, and he was able to lead the Blues to three more playoff appearances. They did miss out on the playoffs last year. But the St. Louis Blues, this was great for the community of St. Louis. I mean, they got the Cardinals, the Cardinals with multiple World Series titles. They were still a little bitter that the St. Louis Rams left for L.A. They didn't have the Major League Soccer team yet. And the spirit of St. Louis got defunct in the ABA. By the way, that's a great 30 for 30, free spirits. Because St. Louis is a great sports town. It's not just a great baseball town. It is a great sports town, and the proof is with the MLS team right now and how well they're doing. 
But the St. Louis Blues, they break through. They win the Stanley Cup. I was happy for them. They had some incredible players on that team, including Vince Dunn. Vince Dunn was just amazing. And Ryan O'Reilly, Vladimir Teresino, Braden Shin, such great players for the St. Louis Blues. And I was happy for them. And I hate to bring up this painful moment for Atlanta Braves fans, but 2019 was also the year where the Braves lost to the St. Louis Cardinals in the Game 5 winner-take-all in the Division Series at Truist Park, 13-1. to I remember watching this game on TV thinking that the Braves are going to win it because they have a Game 5 in their home field but St. Louis put up 10 runs in that first inning. And it wasn't all Mike fulton fault. There was a lot of mistakes that were made in that first inning. But the Braves never recovered. Your average Georgia sports fan was saying, here we go again. Why can't these Atlanta teams ever catch a break? Well, the Braves ended up getting to the NLCS the following year for the first time since 2001. But they did blow the 3-1 lead to the Dodgers. So, you know, we'll talk about that next week. And then they finally break through in 2021 and they win the World Series. But, yeah, it was painful. But sometimes we have to embrace the painfulness from our sports teams to conquer the mountaintop. And that's what the Atlanta Braves did a couple of years later. 2019 also saw a new champion in Major League Baseball as the Washington Nationals, the former Montreal Expos, remember they moved to Washington in 2005, they finally break through and they win the World Series against the Houston Astros of all teams. And right now the Houston Astros were in that whole cheating scandal, but the Washington Nationals were able to defeat the Astros 4-3. to three. It was a very odd World Series because the Nationals won all the games in Houston and Houston won all the games in Washington. The World Series MVP was Steven Strasburg. Oh, a bunch of what-ifs. What if Steven Strasburg did not get injured as much as he did because the Washington Nationals had some great pitching with Steven Strasburg and Max Scherzer, Patrick Corbin, Anibal Sanchez, had such a great rotation and a good closer, Sean Doolittle. Their leading hitters on that 2019 World Series team was Anthony Rendon and an unknown rookie, Juan Soto, who had an incredible rookie season with 34 home runs and 110 runs batted in. They also had Matt Adams and Brian Dozier, Adam Eaton. And remember, this is the year after they traded away Bryce Harper. A lot of people didn't think the Washington Nationals can get to the World Series, let alone win it, but they got rid of Bryce Harper. But because of the injuries that the Washington Nationals have faced and they had to rebuild through their farm system, they have not made the playoffs since their World Series appearance. In fact, they have had some losing seasons, including 55 and 107 in 2022. They traded away Juan Soto for some minor league prospects. But this was great for the city of D.C. and for the franchise that was formerly known as the Montreal Expos, who only had the one playoff appearance in 1981. This was the fifth 
playoff appearance for the Washington Nationals since 2012. And I was just happy for the franchise, the Expos slash Nationals, because I felt the Montreal Expos should have won the World Series in 1994. They had a 74-40 and 40 record. They had great players like Moises Alou, Marquise Grissom, Larry Walker, Denise Martinez. I remember that team, and I thought they were going to win the World Series in 94, but we had the strike. The 2019 NFL season, which later was the season that the Kansas City Chiefs would go on to win the Super Bowl in the year 2020, the 2019 season, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. The 49ers under Kyle Shanahan, his third season, and the writing was on the wall. Jimmy Garoppolo had a great season. He was healthy. They had Nick Bosa from the draft. Clearly, he was the best player in the draft as the Cardinals took Kyler Murray. Thank you for that. As clearly, the 49ers are such a better team with Nick Bosa. And it was a great run that the 49ers had. We expected it from the Kansas City Chiefs because of what Patrick Mahomes was becoming as a caliber-led quarterback. This was also the year that the Houston Texans blew the 24-0 lead in the playoffs against the Chiefs. And uh, we'll talk about the NFL playoffs next week when I preview 2020. And then the college football season. Lightning in a bottle, as I like to call it. The LSU Tigers, Joe Burrow, Joe Brady as an offensive game consultant, Jamar Chase. This team was unstoppable. Could have been one of the best teams in college football. And also, 2019 was the year that I started entertaining the idea of going into sports broadcasting for the Columbus market. So next week, I will talk about 2020 and how it all affected us. I will talk about March 11th, 2020. The biggest impact for myself, because I was trying to get this podcast off the ground. Oh no, what do we do? Now that there's a pandemic, we're not going to have sports for two months. How am I going to do a sports podcast? Yeah, those are some of the growing pains I had to deal with. So I did a lot of sports documentaries and talking about the last dance and all that. So we'll talk about that next week on the show that is all the time i have here in the show i want to thank all my listeners and supporters who have downloaded my podcast and don't forget to like subscribe to my facebook twitter i'm also on instagram and don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on apple Podcasts, spotify iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts and i'm now on youtube so subscribe to the youtube channel i want to thank ryan o'neill the station manager over at wqee for giving me this opportunity. Stay tuned for Braves Country Today with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks that's coming up next. Hope everybody has a great rest of your day. Bye, everybody. You are listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM The Key from 2 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. This is a local podcast that covers Columbus sports and beyond. If you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.